we've got updates on injuries. We've got news across the NBA. We've got five games to recap from Tuesday, and we've got Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd, and I was just distracted by the 8 to 10 foot aliens outside my window. I'm also the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com, and you can find me on Twitter as always, at RedRock underscore B-Ball, on TikTok at RedRock underscore B-Ball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet, win or lose. Go to FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free. We are available on all platforms. Have you single banged today or double or tripled? Be a member of the double bang squad. Watch the video, listen to the audio. Give it a thumbs up, leave your comments down below, subscribe, notification bell, all of those little things. We're aiming for 80,000, we're also aiming for 100,000 in the end. Get the old silver play button plaque from the old YouTube. Let's fire that up at some point. We're here to talk about Tuesday's action. We got some uh, timetables sort of for a bunch of players that we're waiting on. I've talked about it in a few of the earlier shows, but you might not have seen those. So let's talk about it now. Got the news on Tyrese Halliburton. Probably the best case scenario, and this is what we detailed yesterday in the show about what the best case scenario was, two to three weeks, is the best case, and we get that grade one strain of his hamstring, looked worse than that, so this is this is good. Reevaluation in two weeks probably means three to four weeks, I'm guessing. Um, and yeah, so that's a decent chunk of time, but it's not season ending, which was always the worst case scenario in the fear. We're not there, great, fantastic news. Two weeks does not mean two weeks return, it's two weeks reevaluation, probably three, maybe four. That'd be my guess. Timothy John McConnell is the ad. Uh, obviously, I think we'll find out how that all looks tomorrow. And then they've got a million other options. Nempard comes after that. You've got Matherin. You've got Heald. You've got Neesmith. All these guys who are going to get some sort of a bump over there in Indiana. We get to see it in action on Wednesday. We've got a time frame on Cade Cunningham. They said seven to 10 day reevaluation on his knee strain. Um, let's just put that at minimum two weeks. They'll be extra cautious. Of course, they will. We'll talk about the Pistons more today and who filled in there. It did go the way that I thought it would go. So we'll talk about that later on. Um, Jakob Pertl with a sprained ankle. We've got a time frame on that. That is a re-evaluation in two plus weeks. Again, let's just make that three. The At the time of me recording this intro, the Raptors game has just started and they did not start Chris Boucher. They started that young because why wouldn't you? We'll talk about how that all played out later in the show. Joel Embiid is out again. This is not great news at all. He is hurtling towards not being um, eligible for awards. So we'll see what happens here. That means Paul Reed is obviously on the stream radar, but this is like, what, three days, four days since they've played? It's only a two-game week, so you're not going to rush to go and add Paul Reed. But Wednesday-Friday combination, I would think there's a chance Embiid doesn't play this week. So maybe Reed is worth a look there, if you can use him. We've also got an updated time frame on Dayron Sharp. He won't be going to Paris. He'll be reevaluated in two weeks. Still no full um, information on what the knee sprain actually was. 
He'd been playing really well. I would imagine Trendon Watford and Harry Giles. I wanted to be Noah Clowney, but I don't think it will be. I think those guys will step into that role. I think Claxton moves from a 29-minute guy to 33-34 pretty comfortably. And Watford is your deeper league player who has re-upped his block rate. It was down last season. It's up again now. And that's like a 16, maybe maybe 18-team, maybe 16-team league guy. Trendon Watford there replacing Dayron Sharp as the backup in Brooklyn behind Nicholas Claxton. Let's look at some waiver wire trends now across the NBA over the last 24 hours. You don't get any prize whatsoever for guessing who the most added player was. It was the legend Timothy John, up 70%. He's, that is 70% using our advanced roster metric on Yahoo. Oh, sorry, on ES, uh, ESPN. Bloody hell. I don't work for either of those companies. I work for Basketball Monster. When I looked this morning, his Yahoo number was like 36. So that meant that 62% of people had their thumbs right up their asses and probably up all of their league mates' asses as well because you can't be that asleep, can you? Go and add TJ McConnell. Dwight Reith was the next highest added player, up 43%. We saw the issues with maybe adding Reith today. Didn't mind it as a stream, but there is no long-term value in this, I don't think. Goga Badadze up 21%. He didn't dominate today, but he's totally okay to add. Alec Burks up 17%. Okay, the opportunity should have risen. It did not. Killian Hayes up 14%. Well, we did get the starting role there for him. And Derek Jones up 12%. A lot of that is... Well, some of the, the Badadze and Jones, I'm guessing, is and Reith is to stream in for today. But you can make an argument for all of those guys to be some shorter-term ad sort of players. In terms of the most dropped, of course, number one there is Jar Moran. He's out for the season. That is an easy drop unless you're in a dynasty or keeper format. In fact, if you are in a dynasty or keeper format, this might be a real good buy-low opportunity given the off-court stuff, the injuries that do bother him every single season. Um, you might be able to get a pretty decent discount on Jar, especially if you're not looking super strong in the playoffs. Simone Fontecchio is down 16%. Yeah, he's only a streamer. He's not a must roster. Everyone dropping Larry Nance. If you added Larry Nance, what did you? What were you expecting? That's what I don't really get. Zion is officially questionable for their game tomorrow. Okay, I, don't, I get it. I don't, I don't think Nance is must roster, but if you added him, why? What did you... I guess it was maybe for the stream on Sunday. Okay, that's fine. Norm Powell down 12. He's going to be the most on-off guy of all time. Brandon Miller down 11%. He's off the injury report. He was sick, but he's been bad. Like, let's be fair, he's been bad. And this is with all of the opportunity coming towards him. And I think that is going to get squeezed down later on. If you want to move on from him, do it. Lou Dort down 9%. Just put him into the Norm Power territory. Um, they've got a good schedule coming up. They've got the Wednesday, Thursday, Thursday back-to-back. So I think you'll be one of the more added players tomorrow. But that's what you do with a guy like Lugens Dort. You add him, you drop him, you move on, you do the next thing. Today's episode is doing the next thing, and it is telling you that we are brought to you today by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is over, but that doesn't mean that you can't get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because the NFL playoffs are just around the corner. And who wants to see my Dolphins lose to the Chiefs? I don't, but I'm sure that I will. New customers on FanDuel get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Not a money line bet. Don't worry about that part of it. Just a bet. A $5 one. And you don't even have to win. You get $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet. That's literally what this says. There are many different ways to bet, and then it lists four dot points, and they're all parlays. Live, same-game parlays. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. The best way to find popular parlays is by looking in the Parlay Hub and see what other parlays people have created, and you can look at all the many types of bets, which do include, um, coincidentally, parlays. You can also find bets in the new Explore tab, and I'm going to gather that in the Explore tab, there'll be some parlays there as well. So go to Fangel, have a look at all the great offers, including the bonus bets. Check out your parlays, check out someone else's parlays and parlay your way to hopefully 
some good success. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a parlay, but also a layup. Fanduel's also an official partner of the NFL, and don't forget to gamble responsibly. Okay, let's crack in now and look at games. First one is the Minnesota Timberwolves getting pretty comfortable there against the Orlando Magic. Pretty easy victory in the end um, for them. As my my scores update here, 113 Minnesota, 92 to the Orlando Magic. For the buy low, sell high show we did earlier today, an awful lot of buy low bumps happened. Rudy Gobert, 34 minutes, 21 and 12, one steal, three blocks. He was on the buy low. I said, hey, what's going on? Well, he's not hasn't got blocks over the last two weeks. Well, here you go. Three of them. Maybe that buy low window's closed. Carl Anthony Towns went crazy, especially early. 28, 6 and 5, three steals, five threes, 58% shooting. Fantastic game. Mike Conley, 31 minutes. And they're on a back-to-back. That's a lot of minutes for Conley. We'll see what happens with that tomorrow. He had 11, 3 and 10 with two steals. And Jaden McDaniels, one of his better games, 15 and 9, 35 minutes. I don't think you need to roster him. Said that many times. Said that all the way through the process. If you want to have him, by all means do it. It's okay to, but you don't have to. Nas Reed, 21 minutes, 13 and 10. That's a good double-double in limited minutes. But still, he looks to me more of a 14-team must, 12-team stream. While you can go here and look at Goose Anthony Edwards and say, well, that stinks, doesn't it? 6-4-3, and because it does stink. No threes, no steals, no blocks, 29% from the field, shit from the line. In fact, that's got to be close to in contention for dud of the night. I won't spoil it because I don't know what it is yet, but I'll tell you about it later on. But he did have an early trip to the locker room. He had a couple of early fouls um, as well. I think he had two fouls in the first couple of minutes, and that limited him. Then they were up big. They didn't need to bring him back in, even though they did towards the end. Um, Just chalk it up to a shit game. Simple as that. For the Magic, they were still without Franz Wagner, John Isaac, Joe Ingles, Gary Harris, and Wendell Carter Jr. So we got big performances from most improved player candidate Jalen Suggs. 20 points, four threes, five rebounds, three steals. He is a must-roster player. More so in categories than points, but he is a must-roster player. They are not starting Anthony Black anymore. Mr. Black. Oh, that was bad. Let me try that again. Mr. Black. There you go. 21 minutes for Mr. Black. Had three points. He had four assists, three steals, and a block. I, I was saying something about my partner. She was like editing a video for her TikTok the other day. Side note. And she's like, I don't like how it sounds. She's trying to edit bits over the top. I said, oh, man, you have to redo it. You sound like Mr. Black. She goes, what's that? I go, oh, what? You don't know Mr. Black? So anyway, we just had a, a moment of playing Mr. Black uh, clips. And she did sound like Mr. Black in that one. Um, three points, three steals, a block. The steals are nice. He's not really ready to be an NBA rotation player. I don't think he will be later on in the season. Michael Fultz, 13 minutes in his return. He had four points, which is at least he got on the board. 29% shooting is not very good. Obviously, uh, things are lo- looking iffy there. I I don't think you need to hold on. Get that garbage out of here! If he had to come back and look sort of normal and was flying and all that sort of stuff, he doesn't. He looks off. It's going to be a slow process. I, I wouldn't bother holding. And then you'll see the other big absolute like thing that's sitting out there, the big dog's balls, and that's Cole Anthony played seven minutes ago. What happened? Well, we didn't hear anything about it in game. But post-game, Jamal Mosley said, yeah, that quad irritation is bothering him. That's why he played only seven minutes. Despite some early season run of form for Anthony and the fact that we've got no Harris in this one, I don't, no Wagner either. I, you don't need to roster Cole Anthony. You can move on from him, I think. Get that garbage out of here! It was a stinker from Paolo Boncaro. He had 18 points. He had three steals, which is good, obviously. His steals are flying at the moment. But that is brutal on the percentages. 36% on 22 attempts from the field. Holy shit. And then one of four from the line. 
just dreadful stuff. The counters do make up for it, but we know there's going to be percentages. We just want more consistency with him there. The dart played only 17 minutes. Goga Badadze, he did have some foul trouble, but he still delivered okay. Two and six, one steal, two blocks. I think you roster him. And with everyone out, Flaming Wer Wagner went crazy. 21 and eight with two steals. He is literally one of the best offensive bench centers in the NBA. And it's probably not a full role for him later on when, when guys are healthy, but man, when you've got to push him into action, he's there. Chumra KK continues to be not a very good fantasy player or real-life player, 10% shooting for 10 rebounds. And Caleb Houston didn't shoot well either, 25%. But I do like Houston's shooting ability. He hit two threes as a, as a general. He had seven rebounds. He's at least stream-worthy, much more so than a KK is. Trevelyn Queen played 28 minutes. Very interesting to see Trevelyn Queen played 28, while someone like Mr. Black plays only 21 minutes. Queen had 11 points with three threes and three assists and shot 33% on three of nine shooting. That's interesting probably just for deeper leagues, and they're very banged up. But, you know, some some okay or interesting enough players sort of stepping up and, and doing some interesting stuff. And I've said interesting just way too many times in that segment. Let's go to the next game with one of the stupidest games of the season, the Detroit Pistons and the Sacramento Kings. The Pistons dropped almost 50 points on the Kings in the first quarter, not half, quarter. I think they were 49 or 48 at quarter time, and they were up by 18 points, and they somehow lose by 20. Yeah, they did. Let's just revisit a Troy Weaver masterclass because these two teams played together and it was worth noting. Troy Weaver traded away Josh Jackson, who's obviously bad and out of the league, but he traded away Trey Lyles, who was not a very good player for Detroit, and then coupled draft picks with it to acquire Marvin Bagley, a restricted free agent who is terrible, and then uh, re-sign Marvin Bagley to a three-year $40 million contract that no one was going anywhere close to matching. And in this game, Trey Lyles played 32 minutes and was really very good, while Marvin Bagley was a DMPCD. This is how you get into the situation you are with the, the Pistons by trading for trading away draft picks and players for James Wiseman, trading away draft picks and players for Marvin Bagley, and then guaranteeing them a contract that nobody in the white, their right mind would pay. That's how you get into these problems. Speaking of paying someone that nobody else would have paid, Harrison Barnes played 14 minutes for zero points. He he's done. It's part of part of why I hated the Kings offseason is giving away a draft pick for nothing. Oh, but Josh, it was actually just to get off the contract of Rashawn Holmes. Cool, didn't do anything with it. Um, yeah, re-signing Harrison Barnes when you probably just could have let him go or worked out something else to get somebody else in. Standing pat on this team. Like, there's a good win from there, but like some of the decisions were curious. Barnes looks... He looks uh, washed. I don't know. If, look, he was... Not a good fantasy player last year, but he was serviceable as an NBA player. He's not that anymore. In fact, he's the 200th ranked player for category leagues this season. Still rostered in 22% of 12 team leagues, so you guys, good work. Um, you don't need to roster Barnes pretty clearly. While well, Fanapants moved back into the starting lineup after a nice 17-point explosion in the, in the last game, he had four points in 29 minutes on 18%. He had five assists with a steal and a block, but don't get sucked in by the big fella. I know it's alluring to add Kevin Herter. I know it's. I know there's the charm. There's the 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 leprechaunish good looks of the, of Vander Pants. Don't do it. You don't add him. Trey Lyles way better than Harrison Barnes at this point coming off the bench. While Darren Fox thirty oh, 26, 3 and four two steals. Good game. Not not fantastic, but good. Keegan Murray was also good. He had thirty two in thirty five minutes with two blocks on seventy seven percent elite shooting, and so was Sabonis at seventy seven percent. Sorry, seventy six percent. Thirty seven ten and thirteen with three steals in thirty eight minutes for Domas who. Put together a huge performance. Both Sabonis and Murray were massive. And Malik Monk played only 28 minutes, but he had 20 and 9 with a steal and two blocks. And he is clearly their starter. 
They just don't play him as a starter. He's 55th over the last two weeks, top 100 for the season, and he's absolutely a must-roster player in basically whatever format you're playing. They recently cut Juan Toscano Anderson and then re-signed him to a 10-day, and then he played 14 minutes off the bench here, ahead of Sasha Vazenkov, JaVale McGee, uh, starting legend Chris Duarte. We didn't do anything with Toscano Anderson, but just an interesting rotation decision for the Pistons. For my Pistons, there was no Cade Cunningham, of course, so they did the thing that we thought they would do, and that is start Killian Hayes. But the guy that I wanted you to go and add if he was there was Jaden Ivey. 22, 5, and 6 with two steals and two threes. Now, he's not available in most spots, and he probably won't be this good every game, but he's still the priority. He'd only shot 41%, but the usage was up, the ball handling was up. These are all the things we expected. Well, Killian Hayes, Killian Hayes. He had four points in 31 minutes. He had the dubious um, distinction as I just try and find the exact number that I'm looking for, the dubious distinction of having more turnovers than field goal attempts. That is not easy to do. Now, he's usually a pretty good turnovers guy, but that's that stinks. 4-4-7 four, four, and seven on 20%. You can still use him for his assistance deals, but he's not the priority. The priority is Ivy. Um, we did get a little bit of Alec Burks. Oh, that was bad as well. It's because halfway through, I switched up to doing it. So let's try again. We got like 20 minutes of Alec Burks. He had 16 points with three threes with a, with a steal. That's probably worse than some of his recent games. But he's top 110 over the last two weeks. He's okay to try. And then for deeper leagues, we've got Marcus Sasser. Two, two, and four with a steal and a block. There are a lot of Pistons fans calling for Sasser to play these minutes over Hayes. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I think, isn't Sasser older than Hayes anyway? Sasser's not that good. But again, you want to list number 30 on the list of reasons why I think Troy Weaver should have been fired three years ago, even before he made this draft pick. Why did you trade up to get Marcus Sasser, an undersized old point guard who's not really a point guard, he's sort of a shooting guard, but he plays the same position as Cade Cunningham, Jaden Ivey, and you had Killian Hayes there, and then you traded for Monty Morris. Like, does any of that shit make sense to anybody? No, of course it doesn't. But to Troy Weaver, Las Vegas resident, it does. Sasser might be a deeper league guy here. Jimmy Wiseman replacing Marvin Bagley, of course, four and five, continues to be... Like literally the worst player in the like, is he the worst player in the NBA? He's pretty he's pretty close. He's got to be pretty close. And shout out to off season star acquisition Joe Harris for having nine points in nine minutes. Isaiah Livers continues to suck, and Kevin Knox had eight points in his twenty. That's enough piston piston. That's enough piston bashing for today. Piston bashing sounds like a euphemism. Euphemism. I can't speak. It sounds like a euphemism for wanking. But anyway, um, don't go and piston bash at the moment because we've got more stuff to come. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It is 2023, and we're going to set goals for 2024. Don't go over the top. Don't go crazy, because that can actually not be a good thing. If you set unrealistic expectations and then fail to meet them, well, that can actually lead you down a more negative path. Therapy is a great way of finding the good things that you've done, the things that you have achieved, focusing in on them, and finding small little things you can add on to them that become sustainable, and you can keep going through your life to actually get that sustained growth and change in your life. If you've been thinking about starting therapy, there's never been a better time to give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief online questionnaire. They match you up with a therapist. You meet up. You have a session. See how it goes. If you don't vibe with that therapist, you can actually change to another one free of charge because getting that connection is super important. Celebrate the progress that you've already made. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA today to get 10% off your first month. That is betterhelp, H E L P.com slash locked on NBA. All right. Let's, um, let's do the next game. No more Pistons. Let's talk Portland Trailblazers instead. They got smashed by the Knicks. The final score 112, New York 84, Portland. Portland was without DeAndre Ayton. No Jabari Walker, no Moses Brown, of course. Now, the Blazers' next game is a back-to-back, so I think Aiton probably sits the first one of those and plays the second one. But we saw the limitations of Dwapreath. 21 minutes, 7 and 6. 
The last game, he was great, but it's Dwight Reith. That was the only good game that he's really ever had into that level. So he was okay to have a crack at with basically nothing happening on a day like Tuesday with five games on. But there is absolutely no justification for considering Dwight Reith a must-hold player. None. If you want to drop him, like absolutely go on ahead. He, his advanced roster percentage on Barcelona Monster is actually mind-blowing. 79%. Get that garbage out of here. Holy shit. Anthony Simons only 27 minutes, 12, 4, and 3, while um, Jeremy Grant had 21, 2, and 0. This is one of the most empty scoring men in the NBA. It just continues to frustrate me as a player. Also, if you are hanging on to Malcolm Brogdon, advanced roster percentage 97, what are you doing? Get that garbage out of here. Two points, 13 minutes. Stop holding on to Malcolm Brogdon. It's not going to happen anymore. Maybe not. But holding on for an injury to a starter or two starters or waiting for a trade to a contender when then someone gets start injured, and he, it's just not worth it. It is burning a hole on your roster. Move on from Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, Shaden Sharp only played 22 minutes, 9, 4, and 4, two steals and a block. Good game. I think if you're looking at an 18 or a 10, I don't think it's the worst decision to move on from Sharp, especially in category leagues. Kamara had five and six with two blocks. I would hold, though, in most cases, though, just to be clear with Shaden. Uh, Kamara had two blocks with six rebounds. He's playing well, but not really a fantasy option. While Scooter, yeah, not good. 25 minutes, eight points, four assists for Sterling. He's, look, that's not great. He's still 151st over the last two weeks. He has been showing incremental improvements with steps backwards. I still think that we want to hold. But if you are in a desperation stage, I just lost Halliburton, I lost Morant. Um, I'm seventh on the standings. I've got a bloody win right now. Then you can't hold and wait for this shit. You've got to just move on and get different guys in. Ivies. Nampards, McConnells. You can't hold through that. If you're sitting pretty, do it. That's a good move. Ibubaji did better than Dwap Reith here, four and six in his 27 minutes. Um, he had two steals and two blocks. He's an interesting enough player, but that's just like throwing darts at the at the wall. And Justin Manea had three points in his fourth quarter blowout run, which is like one of the least cool things ever. For the Knicks, the Double Royal had 20 and seven with eight assists. Julius Randle in 32 minutes. And you know who was on the sell high show today? Jalen Brunson. He had 12 points on 27% shooting in 26 minutes with seven assists and no steals and no blocks. It's just shit that's always going to change. Like This is pretty obvious how this stuff works. He'll be better than this, but it's always humorous when it happens like five hours after a show. I don't think you need to roster Josh Hart. Get that garbage out of here! Now, if you're in a points league, that's a very easy decision. He's gone in 10 and 12, 10 points leagues. In a, like he's playing okay minutes, but two points, seven rebounds, four assists, 25%, 26 minutes, 202nd over the last two weeks, 173rd for the season. His minutes haven't changed a huge amount. He plays sort of backup forward. I don't think there's any need to actually roster him. Put him into the bunch of guys that you'd stream through. The big ragu only 19 minutes. Dante DiVincenzo, he had 13, 4, and 2 with three threes. That's probably just enough to hold. While we saw my man Grimey step it up. His briefcase, his haircut, his 17 points, his 21 minutes, four threes and three steals. I still believe there is a very good player buried here, but that is the key word, buried. This is good. We don't go, oh, 21 minutes. I think he's going to do this every game because he won't. It's impossible. But we keep an eye on him. We keep an eye on injuries. We keep an eye on trades. We keep an eye on a bunch of stuff. There's a very good player mixing with him. What he can be, he's a point guard. He can be a shooting guard. He can shoot. He can defend. He can get steals. He can get assists. He can he can score. He can do whatever is needed. And the problem is on this team, what has been needed from look, go and stand out there and watch Julius Randle's do spins. Like just watch him do burnouts in the lane. That's all he's needed to do in the past. But he's got a little bit of extra run here. I haven't even spoken about the stubby, Isaiah Hartenstein. Only five points. Because he's trash. But the rest is great. 14 rebounds, 3 assists, 3 steals, a block. He took one shot. Tom Thibodeau, center usage legend, 
it's just, this man's offense is so funny. But uh, Hartenstein's a legitimate beast at the moment. He Someone said, wow, was Hartenstein not on your sell high shape? No, he wasn't. Because can he keep doing this? Like, why not? Why can't he be a top 60 player rest of season? He's 37th over the last two weeks. He's 14th over the last five games. Why can't he do this? He has done this in his G League minutes, in sparse minutes in Houston, in a little cameo in Cleveland. Big time for the Clippers. And now he's got full starters minutes. It's pretty interesting to see where this all goes from here. Juice McBride had his second big game in the last week. 16 points for Deuce in those 22 minutes with four threes. He's at least got a role now. So that puts him somewhere onto the radar for deeper formats. Your next game was the banged up Memphis Grizzlies. And when I say banged up, I mean banged, double banged, in fact, because they had no Ja Morant, obviously. And then there was no Santi Aldama. And then there was no Jaron Jackson. And the number one question is going to be here, Josh, is this team going to tank? And are they going to just shut everyone down? And the answer to that is no, but also yes. They will be extra cautious with players, but they don't need to sit those guys to lose games. We saw them be 6-19 and 19 without... Jamarant to begin the season. Now, of course, they went and won this game 120 to 103 over the Mavericks, so who knows what's going on. What my, my worry would always be, as it always is, in the last three weeks of the season, this will be a disaster team. There is almost no question about that, but your fantasy leagues end before that, don't they? If you are in a Yahoo public league, you should be absolutely shit scared that Yahoo doesn't know how to manage a league, but also that you are going to be missing some of these players down the stretch. I would have a 2% level of worry on Jaron Jackson literally right now. He was out of this game with a knee contusion, and we have seen weird stuff flare up. I This is going off gut, which means nothing, means nothing at all. But if I woke up tomorrow, did a 4 a.m. wake up as I usually do and go, gee, what's going on in the world? And I saw, hmm, uh, Jaron Jackson complained of soreness. An MRI scan showed a um, torn MCL grade one. He'll go in for surgery. I wouldn't be shocked. Based on nothing, like just out of like, huh, we're trying to, we're trying to be extra cautious here. We'll see what's going on, and some some bullshit appeared. Or he's being diagnosed with a bone bruise and will be reevaluated in three weeks. I don't think that is happening. For the record, if you had to put a gun to my head, please put it away. You're not allowed to have him in this country. But I would say no. He he's okay for now. But I, I'd be wary. His backup is Santi Aldama, who didn't play also. So you know, would he be the guy to add? I'm not sure. I still, I think their rotations are going to be disgusting all season, to be honest. They were forced to finally play Xavier Tillman. After a three-minute start last game, he played 28 off the bench, had 14, 11, and two blocks. Is that a kickstart? I don't know. Because if Jaron played or if Santi played, would Tillman even play at all? Would he play five minutes? I don't know. Last game, with Morant out, he played three minutes. You can have a look at Tillman in a deeper league, but I couldn't tell you how to trust it. How could I do that? I can't. The bug is someone I'm more interested in, Vince Williams. 30 minutes. He, um, Beazel bubbed it to six points, six rebounds, six assists. He had three steals. He had two threes. He shot 25%. He's a poor shooter, but he just does a lot of other stuff. I really like him as a 14-team ad. I'm probably not there on him as a 12-teamer, but I'm not far off. And if you wanted to grab him in 12s, do it. The next complicating factor is Marcus Smart dislocated his finger, it looked like, was in a splint on the bench at the end of the game. He was cooking. 23-4-1 and one with two steals. But I'm going to be really shocked if he if he plays in the next game. Like, I I think he's out. And then what do you do? Derek Rose isn't there. Are they going to call Jacob Gilliard up? Maybe. Do they start Zaire Williams and play Desmond Bain at point guard? Also, maybe. Would I rush to add Gilliard? I, I don't think so. 
We saw him have a bit of an opportunity earlier in the season when Smart and Morant were both out, like exactly we are now. Didn't really do much, did it? So I'm not really... like I wouldn't be rushing to do that. I would be more interested in adding the Duck Luke Canard, though. 14-5-4 and four with three threes. I think we probably do do a grab there. While Desi Bain had 13-9-4. and four. If I could trade him for a top 40 player, I probably would. I probably would do that right now. I don't think you're going to be able to because I'm pretty sure most other people will be thinking the exact same thing, even though I do think that these fake injury situations only apply in the last two and a half weeks of a season. I'm just a little cautious about what they're doing. Zoe Williams had 14-4, and four, a deeper league grab for him. His minutes have been up anyway, and look, I just think this is going to be in the territory of I don't know what's going to happen game by game. They're going to change things game by game, and there's going to be weird and fake injuries in and out, in and out, much like the Spurs did um, from about middle of January last season. For the Mavericks, Kyrie and Luca, that's the story as always. Kyrie had 33-8-4, and four, four steals and a block. That's really, really strong. He's top 10 over the last two weeks. Luca had a couple of trips to the locker room, but he played through it. The, the load that this guy is accumulating on his body is, um, is immense. It's immense. 31-6-6 six six with three steals and two threes. I was trying to make a joke, and I was trying to think of like a well-known porn star's uh, name. I don't know any porn star names, so I couldn't do it. So apologies. So insert your own. He had more load on his body than your favorite adult film star in there or OnlyFans creator. I don't know any, so I couldn't put any on there. But that's fine. 31 six, That's what she said. I couldn't put any on there. 31-6-6 six, and six with three steals and two threes for Luca. Rough on the percentages, and I'm just worried about how beaten up he's been. It's, it is a concern. Plus, the, uh, the two-game, um, the two-game, what do you call it? The two-game playoff week. No Derek Lively. So Dwight Powell did his thing, which is nothing. Two steals and a block with four points. He's okay for steals as a big man. While Derek Jones continues to be solid enough as a 12-teamer. 11-4 and four for now until Exxon returns. Hardaway had nine points. He's just a points and three streamer. And Joshy Green played. And that's about all I've got to say about him. He had uh, zero points in his 23 minutes. This is a terrible loss for the Mavericks at home with a Grizzlies team with nobody in. That is just a lack of focus and a lack of execution. And that's bad. All right, the final game of the day, the Lakers pull it out through sheer grit and determination against the Toronto Raptors, 132-131. The final score, the Raptors, they were without Yucca Pertle and they'd been playing Chris Boucher as the backup center along with Jonte Porter. So, of course, they started Dad Young and played him almost 30 minutes. Why wouldn't you? old man who's looked washed for two years, who's never been a part of the rotation, and then play him gigantic minutes. I did not see that coming in the slightest. I have been very much on record saying that I think Chris Boucher is entirely overrated, not only as a fantasy player, but as a real-life player, and that a lot of people have bitched and moaned about previous coaches and not playing him where like he, they were right not to play him. But I probably made I, I made a mistake in not even thinking about that. I thought, well, they're going to have to play Boucher. What the hell are the other options? Is it, is it, they're not going to run Thad Young out there, who's literally not even a center anyway. They don't have Christian Coloco available. Boucher's been playing better the last three or four games with a little bit more trust from Darko. So I thought they'd go that route. Well, my old rule of never trusting Chris Boucher, look, should have listened, shouldn't I? As for Thad, he played 29 minutes. He had 10, 5, and 4, three steals and a block. That is a totally reasonable line. I would look to that as a 14-team league guy. You want to do it in 12? That's totally okay as well. They play again tomorrow, so whatever. I will also say that maybe there's a possibility that this was the case for this game because it was an Anthony Davis matchup and Chris Boucher is like a twig. Jonte Porter's young and inexperienced, so you wouldn't maybe be able to do that. 
Now, tomorrow they play against Ivica Zubac, who's also strong as shit, so maybe there's a problem there and Thad Young can hold up. And their other games are against the Jazz and Walker Kessler. It's the Celtics and Al Horford and Porzingis. It's the Heat and Bam Adebayo. So it's not a great stretch in terms of centers that maybe Chris Boucher could take advantage of, but I'm not convinced that they're just going to run 29 minutes of Thad Young. I'm not. But I also didn't think that he'd play any more than, say, 16, 17 minutes today. And I was wrong on that one, obviously, as well. So take all that into consideration. Ron Barrett is a huge sell high. 23, 10, and 5 with two steals, 77% shooting from the field. And there's your there's your big indicator. Now, I love the fact that he got two steals. The 10 re- rebounds and five assists are really good. He never really flashed any of that stuff in New York. But his last two games have been elite, elite, out-of-control shooting, which has no chance of holding. There are plenty of RJ Barrett stands around. All of you Toronto crazies are out there. The people who are Duke fans are out there. People who are from New York who might have liked him. Not many of those guys left. Um, and they will buy into it. In a, in a points league, Barrett absolutely is a must-roster player, has been the whole way through. Category league, I still don't really buy it. But if you want to buy in and think that the change of scenery has changed all of his basketballing abilities, totally go for it. That is okay. I won't be. But I also understand that he's just not going to be a 75% shooter. That is not going to hold. He's going he's going to come down in that, in that regard. That is going to happen. So just be aware of that. We'd have to worry about Scotty Barnes' rebounds. They are a real concern. 26, 3, and 6, 3 rebounds. Being the primary point of attack defender has really limited the ability to get rebounds, and that's going to have an impact on value. Now, his line is still good, like 26, 3, and 6 with two blocks, but just be aware of that. Pascal Siakam, 25, 4, and 3, did a little bit of damage at the end of that fourth quarter and quickly fouled out. That's why the low minutes, 21, 5, and 5, but continues to put up pretty strong numbers. Dennis Schroeder got the extra minutes because quickly fouled out. He had um, 10, 2, and 6. Thad Young also got extra minutes because quickly fouled out. He wasn't closing the game, Thad. Um, and then when quickly fouled out, they put Thad in for a little bit and put Schroeder in there for some of it as well. And then on to Chris Boucher. This is, what, again, one of those frustrating things where he'd been playing more in the previous game. Shout out to Dayron Sharp. And then the starter goes down and he plays less. 14 minutes, two points. He did have seven rebounds. He did have two steals, which is still really solid. I added him in one of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowls. Um, I will probably hold for one more game. But if they run with this same minutes distribution again, then I won't. I just, I won't do it. We'll see what happens. But don't really think we could have expected 30 minutes out of Thad Young in this game. But we got it. On to the Lakers. Tone Davis continues to put up huge numbers. 40 minutes for Anthony. He had 41, 11, and 6. He shot 77 from the field, which is ridiculous. He went 13 of 14 from the line. Continues to be really good. He's actually the number one player over the last two weeks. LeBron James had 22, 5, and 12, while the crucifix, Chrissy Wood, 14 and 4 with a steal and a block. He's been better since replacing Jackson Hayes. There was a little bit of uh, on-court stuff with him in this game here. Um, we're not adding him outside of a maybe stream on low-volume days. Austin Reeves, it is a buy-low there for him. This is not a D'Angelo Russell thing. He just can't shoot at the moment. 11 points on 30% shooting with seven assists. That's two games in a row where he's been 30 or lower. Like That'll come back to normal. While D'Angelo Russell played 31 minutes last game, and then he had 17 here. 11, 1, and 5 for D'Lo. This is the frustration with him. I do think he is a somewhat hold, but when you come off the bench and you could play 30 or 24 or 15, it makes it hard to be a must-roster player. Torian Prince was fine enough. 11 points, two threes, two steals. He's just sort of streamable in those um, 12-team formats. Also, I'm sure the Raptors fans are just waiting for me to tell you how bad you got screwed by the refs rigging the game towards the Lakers. Yeah, probably a bad call in there. It happens, man. Like, yeah, I know. It happens. It happens. Bad luck. That's what happens. 
that is the end of the recap of the games. Let's go in to do what we need to do now. Let's do a stream of the day um, review. How did that go down for Tuesday? Well, the 10-team stream of the day was the Big Ragu, Dante DiVincenzo, 13-4-2 with the steal. Not bad. That's all right. The 12-team stream was Badadze, eh, 2.6 rebounds, steal, two blocks, not not terrible. Killian Hayes in the 14-teamer, like I... <laughs> I would prefer more, but 4-4-7 four, four, and seven with a steal goes okay. You'll notice a distinct lack of scoring with a lot of these players. The 16-team stream of the day was Dwight Powell. He had 4-4-3-2-1. Four, four, Lucky that he can count, although he missed the first number. Nice steals for Dwight. He's just a deeper league player. And then your points league one, obviously not good. Killian Hayes, 16 points in Yahoo and 11 points for ESPN Fantasy. That is very much not good, as is Killian Hayes. Let's look at the monstrous line of the night. Goes down to two players, I think, here. Well, I, I I know that went down to two players, and I know who the two players are, but I'm going to go between two big men in California, and the winner is DeMontis Sabonis, who had 37, 10, and 13 in a crazy game against the Detroit Pistons. Your waiver wire line of the night, best player that is rostered in under 50% of leagues. We are heading to um, New York and going with the big fella, the small fella, Quentin Grimes, who had 17 points with three steals. I would love... For a consistent 28-minute-a-night roll, it's just not going to happen. Your young gun of the night, who is this one? Is it someone that I love, someone that I hate? Is it someone that I don't have any feelings strongly about? Well, it was Keegan Murray. He had 35 points with five rebounds and two blocks. Another really strong game from him against the Pistons. He really showed them who was boss. And then your dud of the night, the worst performer today, who was rostered in over 70% of Yahoo leagues. It is, of course, the one and only guy that shouldn't be rostered in 70% plus of Yahoo leagues, and that is Malcolm Brogo Brogdon. You reckon you could jack him? Get that garbage out of here! Let's take a look at the top six players now to get this show rounded out. Your top six players for category leagues um, today, as I just try and find the right number... That's the wrong one. That's the right one. Number one was DeMontis Sabonis, followed very closely by Anthony Davis, Keegan Murray, Kyrie Irving, Rudy Gobert, and teammate Carl Anthony Towns. Your top six players under 50%. Grimey at number one, followed by the Duck, Luke Kennard. Not a bad guy to look at. Jaden McDaniels on the fence still. Thad Young, really good game. Not convinced that it's going to hold, but if you want to take the flyer in 12, go for it. Go for it. I think probably more 14, but yeah, go for it. Mo Wagner, if Wendell is out, we definitely jump back onto Mo. And then Christian Wood at the bottom of that list. Your top six players in points leagues, number one, Sabonis, followed by Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Luka Doncic, Carl Anthony Towns, and Keegan Murray. Lastly, what are some takeaways from today? Well, I think we still, we've got to add Jaden Ivey if he's there. He is the guy over um, Killian Hayes. We, we go look that direction. I think in Memphis, there are two guys I'm looking at there. It's Luke Kennard and Vince Williams, especially now with the MRI coming for Marcus Smart. Two guys that we can drop, Josh Hart, Mal- Marco Fultz. I don't think we need to be holding onto them. You can throw Malcolm Brogdon into that mix. You could put Thad Young on that list. Again, I'm not fully convinced there. I'm still holding Boucher probably for one more game, but tomorrow will be really telling in our evaluation of how all of that how all of that pans out. And that brings us to the end of the show. Don't forget, if you are wanting to become a double banger, it's really easy. All you do is listen to the audio, you go and watch the video, and then when you're over on the video side, you subscribe, you hit thumbs up, you would need a ward, you leave a comment. Tell me, how bad did the Raptors get hosed in that game? Is the game rigged? Is there magnet magnets in the ball and in the rim for the Lakers? Are the, are the refs on the take? Tell me what you think. Drop it down below in the comments. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. So yeah.